Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics, with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Well, Mark, welcome to another episode of Informed Dissent. Glad to be with you. Hey, Jeff. Hey, so, uh, you know, interestingly, we're recording here on the 110th birthday uh, of Ronald Reagan. And I thought it would be appropriate for us to start this podcast with a couple Ronald Reagan quotes, and then we'll introduce our freedom-fighting guest, and that's Nicole Pearson tonight. Uh, so, Doc, let's roll those. Let's roll those quotes. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. It has to be fought for and defended by each generation. History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the Founding Fathers. Not too long ago, two friends of mine were talking to a Cuban refugee, a businessman who had escaped from Castro. And in the midst of his story, one of my friends turned to the other and said, we don't know how lucky we are. And the Cuban stopped and said, how lucky you are. I had some place to escape to. And in that sentence, he told us the entire story. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. Wow, those are those are really powerful. And um, if we lose freedom here, there's no place for us to run to. This is the last stand on earth. And I'd like to welcome freedom fighting attorney Nicole Pearson, who's been on the front lines uh, fighting for our freedom and fighting for our liberties. So, Nicole, welcome to Informed Dissent. Thank you very much. I'm glad, really happy to be here. I think my first talk was with you guys and Dr. Gold. This is full circle for us, for me. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. Well, glad to have you back. And uh, of course, we've been we've been following your work with Children's Health Defense and, and the, uh, the great um, effort that you're making. We often um, interview frontline physicians uh, that are battling as well and various freedom fighters. We interviewed one from Australia not long ago. But in no small part, it's the attorney's that are bringing the heat, that are bringing the lawsuits to try to stop some of this nonsense to maintain our freedoms that are playing a really important role. So first of all, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, well, I am a mom of two littles that one just turned five and one just turned three. I uh, was predominantly practicing employment law. I had my own firm, but I had just decided to actually sh retire for the time being because we do have two really young girls and um, wanted to spend time with them during these critical you know, years, these younger years. And I have the luxury, um, the opportunity to do that. I want a lot of family around to help. And, and that was something that um, I was going to explore. Um, but... Um, <clears throat> When all of this started happening, it just, you know, I, I live in Orange County, so I should preface it with this because a lot of what we're seeing started to manifest itself in Orange County, starting with the digital passport. We had Dr. Chow, who was uh, appointed to be the health officer, who was saying some pretty wild things. And so um, I got involved in this with through Lee Dundas, who she and I had done anti-human trafficking work together. And we ran into each other at a board meeting with your wife, where we went to speak to your wife, actually. And she grabbed me in the in the parking lot and said, "You gotta, you gotta come with me. You gotta do. You, this is this is this is our time." And so, uh, you know, with that, I got roped in with Dr. Gold and America's Frontline Doctors and CHD, and um, and the rest is is history. And I 
started a new firm, <laughs> a new firm, a uh, civil rights, human rights uh, activism firm, just really trying to um, to protect and preserve our basic human rights, basic human dignity, and um, and and freedoms, medical freedom, but just uh, just basic fundamental freedoms. So. That's where we're at right now. Wow. That, that can be a full-time it job. Is, huh? It is a full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> so tell, tell us a little bit about some of the cases that you're currently working on. Um, well, right now, as you mentioned, we Children's Health Defense, uh, the California chapter, and PERC, Protection of the Educational Rights of Kids, have really courageously stepped up um, and generously stepped up to represent tens of thousands of families up and down California. Uh, and it's just to back up a second. I was in that group, basically a coalition of, of national and international attorneys. And uh, when they started coming after the kids, and I say use the term kids loosely because I'm talking about university kids, which feel like kids to me, but you know, whatever. Um, I started threatening to sue them. And so they kind of brought me in. They're like, let's, let's kind of Let's do damage control. Keep this little loose cannon closed. So, so we formed this coalition, and um, we are doing a lot of legal work, sending cease and desist letters. But when I personally watched the LA Unified School District, and I went to UCLA, I went to Loyola, I lived in LA almost twenty years. I'm very uh, deep roots in that community, as, um, and I, you know, have a lot of friends with kids now in the LA Unified School District, and so I had heard. You know, everybody's sending me the notice of this of a special meeting with less than 24 hours notice, 48 hours notice, excuse me, uh, go, that they were going to impose the shop mandate like five or six weeks into the school year. And so I watched, I couldn't believe it, again, always in disbelief that it was happening. And when I watched that live special board meeting remotely, I sobbed, I was sobbing, it was awful. And I called Children's Health Defense in Perk. And I said, or Children's Health Defense, excuse me, I said, I'm starting my own firm and filing, and filing this lawsuit. I'm going to file a lawsuit against every single district that this comes down. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep at all about this. And, um, but I wanted my own firm to set it up. So we just were just focusing on this issue. And when that happened, then two other members from Children's Health Defense, two brilliant attorneys, Rita Barnett and also Jessica Barsotti called me and they said, where are you going? We're coming with you. And so we formed Facts, Law, Truth, Justice. And um, we kind of piggybacked off of my Instagram and my website that I had a ton of resources that I was trying to break down the law and get that to people. Um, but that's what we have been focusing on up until the last couple of weeks is fighting the COVID-19 mandates that they were unilaterally imposing months into the school year on people who had spent tens of thousands of dollars or committed already to move to the district and taken scholarships in, in this district and not other districts and taken jobs and gone back to work um, and just trying to protect these families. So uh, we got the LA Unified School District to push theirs back. Uh, we defeated the Piedmont. They are begging us to sign a settlement agreement and to dismiss our lawsuit. Uh, we're negotiating that right now. Uh, and with that, Oakland decided to put theirs on hold. And then as you know, uh, other attorneys and including a Siri Glimstad tackled San Diego. So we've really, um, that's what we've been focusing on for the last couple of months. Doesn't this really all end anyways, once we get the governor to remove his emergency authority and his emergency mandates? Yes, that that's the ideal. And there have already been several lawsuits that have been launched. Um, one's right in, you know, at early, the beginning, I think it was like May 2020 to end the state of the emergency because there was no state of emergency, at least in California. 
And um, there is now a new lawsuit that is being launched to end the state of emergency. I know Kevin Kiley um, and then Senator um, Melendez, I believe is her last name, have all presented bills to end the state of emergency. But no one, no one is, there's too much, I mean, we can get into it, but no, no one has voted to end the state of the emergency. Obviously, Gruesome is not going to unilaterally give away his unfettered, un, you know, unchecked power. So we're kind of with a triple majority Democratic assembly. And, so, you know, we, we have we're ruled by Democrats. We're not going to get it that way. And uh, the newest lawsuit is on its way to end the state of emergency. I know the County Board of Education. My wife is the president, of course. They are gearing up uh, again to sue the governor over the state of emergency. And there's a wide coalition of school districts that are participating. And uh, hopefully they'll be able to get before a judge and, uh, and, and get this crazy thing stopped. It just makes no sense. You know, here we are a week before the Super Bowl, right? There's going to be Oh, I think SoFi holds like 85,000, uh, you know, people and we can hold a Super Bowl. And we held the playoff game last week in Los Angeles, California. But somehow there's a state of emergency uh, that requires our small school children to put masks on. Just doesn't make any sense at all. And I think people are starting to see through the fraud and see through the hypocrisy as Governor Newsom's picture is broadcast wide. His, his maskless face posing with Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and others, or Magic Johnson rather, and others. Um, and then, and then Eric Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, of course, has the nerve to say, well, what he did when he took his mask off to take a picture is he held his it's breath. It's sick. You know, Dr. McDonald can um, probably speak to this obviously more than I can. I, I don't know what's more terrifying. I don't know if what's terrifying is that 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 our leaders say these kinds of things they have zero moral com- like I, I would have more respect for them if they just said we blew it and we just totally blew it i don't know if that's the scariest that they have zero remorse and hesitation to say these inc- like the most outland like are you four years old like oh mommy like i didn't eat the cookie i just put it in my mouth but i didn't like it's crazy. You know, you have kids, and I'm just like, it's embarrassing. It's exactly. I didn't swallow. Exactly. It's like it's the craziest chewed. thing. So I don't know if it's more scary that we have leaders that say those kinds of things, or that they think that people will actually tolerate it. But I think what's been the most fearful is when you see those 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 videos. There are people in the comments who are like, "I would have done the same thing." You're so valiant for holding your breath for so long. Like it's. It's a little bit unnerving. A little bit unnerving. I don't know what's what's the scare. I mean, I don't know. I I didn't inhale. And then there's that guy. What's the guy's name? Mark, you might remember. He's like holds the world record for breath holding, as it turns out. Um, And he got vaccinated, and as a result of a vaccine injury, uh, it's ruined him. So he no longer can hold his breath underwater for however long that he does that. that. And then we just heard uh, the comic Heather McDonald, Mm -hmm. uh, who collapses on stage, apparently fractures her face or something. And this was right after she made the made the comment something like. I'm triple vaxxed. I got my flu shot. I got my shingle shot. And then she collapses on stage. So, Mark, what about that? What is it? What does it mean for somebody who's just so arrogant to say these things that just aren't true and just on their face makes no make no sense at all? Well, I think Nicole makes a really good point. And this is one that I've been making more and more stridently 
in the last few months, although I did make it at the beginning of this nonsense. And then I kind of backed away because it was ruffling a lot of feathers, which is that corrupt individuals have always existed. Gavin Newsom is not a new character. Uh, what is new is that the people that elected him, the people that ostensibly support him are not offended or angered or apoplectic about what he's doing. If you had a group of children who, as Nicole said, put a cookie in their mouth and got caught and said, well, I chewed it, but I didn't swallow it. And all the mothers said, well, that that sounds reasonable. I mean, he did spit it out, you know, when we told him to. So we should just let him go and um, run rampant in the kitchen, uh, chewing, but not eating anything else he wishes without supervision. We would say, are you insane? And yet that's exactly what the citizens of California are doing. So. I know this may sound a bit harsh, but I, I have to always, as I say, speak the truth and the reality, even if it offends people. I am blaming the people of California as much, if not more, than I am the leaders, so-called leaders, Eric Garcetti, London Breed, Gavin Newsom, you know, the, the three musketeers who took their photos without any mask on in front of Magic Johnson at Sophie Stadium last week and then made up these ridiculous infantile stories to explain it and justify it. And it was swallowed by a lot of people. So bottom line, I think that this is really not going to end unless enough people in the state start to act like responsible adults or, as Nicole said, responsible mother, responsible parent and call out the children and uh, put them in their rooms and lock the door. It's great that we have frontline physicians that are battling uh, people that are brave, that are making sacrifices. Uh, we need the attorneys to step up and use the court system to stop it. But at the end of the day, this stops tomorrow. If the majority of people just simply say no, if every mother that's listening and every patriotic mother that has a kid in the school system said, no, my kid will not wear a mask anymore. And if you force them to wear a mask, they will not attend school. If enough people did that, it would end instantly. It would end uh, because the schools would not function without their you know, captive customers. But that's not what's happening. Unfortunately, I, I talked to too many people that are either trying to cheat the system, like print a uh, a vaccine card, um, or they give in and actually get vaccinated because they don't want to lose their job and they're not willing to stand up for what they believe. Um, or people that, you know, my wife and I were at Costco today. Mary and I were at Costco. We And as we walked in, of course, there's signs there, mask mandate. The guy at the door said, oh, you guys have a mask? And just kind of held my finger up and said, yeah, no, no, we're good. We're good. And we just walked by. We're the only two customers in Costco without a mask on. Every single person, including uh, you know, parents pushing their little kids in a cart with in, in three, four-year-olds with masks on their face and so forth. Every single person. That's why the tyranny continues. You cannot comply your way out of tyranny. So until people are willing to just say stop and they, um, and there's massive civil disobedience until that happens, the only way forward is for people like Nicole and freedom fighting people around to battle. I mean, listen, remember the Revolutionary War, only 3% of the population participated. So until we get to that, uh, you know, until we get to that tipping point, um, we've got to fight them in the courts. We've got to fight them in the schools and, uh, and, and everywhere there's tyranny. We've got to push back. Dr. McDonald, before we got on, I told, uh, told Dr. Barkey, I said, um, what kind of conversation are we happy having? <laughs> Cause I'm raging a little bit. I'm raging a little bit today. I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, but 
I try and be, you know, like a, a motivator, a serious motivator. You know, I kind of like to scare people. <laughs> I'm like, you guys, this is it. We're, you know, they're going to take your kid. I mean, it's the reality of the situation. I explain the law and I, I try, what I try and do is I try and, and motivate people by, this is a lawyer's job. You look at the facts and you look at the law, especially I did defense work for 10 years and then I went to do the plaintiff side. I look at the situation and my job is to identify liabilities. My job is to find out where could this go wrong. And just as we had done or activists had done before, if we reduce the age of consent over here, we allow children to get abortions over here, we allow them to get, then that's what they used to build upon to allow them to get hormone therapies. And now that's what they're building upon to allow them to consent to vaccines. And um, my point is, is I try and be a motivator and I try and look at the law, see how it's been applied to the past and then tell them this is what could happen. And fortunately, I have a lot of, you know, um, doing a lot of the work that I have in contacts that I can see where this will go. You know, I, I can give that information and I try and really motivate people by explaining this. It's my job. It's what I do. But today, you know, today, what you just said, Dr. Barkey, you know, today I'm tired. Um, it's exactly what you said. You know, we had the governor of the state who issued the mask mandate with two mayors who have some of the most stringent masking policies partying at a Super Bowl, or excuse me, a football party with 70,000 people. Zero shame. Zero shame. And the outrage was like, oh, it was like from the, you could just feel the outrage. And I was like, this is it. This is like, because I, every day I'm like, what's it going to take for people to wake up? And I was like, this is it. Like, you don't have to be a, a, a Trumper supporter. You don't have to be a Republican. You don't have to care about be a patriot. You can be left, white, black, right, brown, whatever, it, whatever it is. Any person with a pulse is going to be outraged, whether you're a parent or you're not a parent, that there are babies, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, who have never been to school without a mask, who think you wear a mask every single day of your life. Anybody with like just basic common decency is going to say, this is a total crock of whatever, baloney. And we had a anti-mask, uh, like a mask-free Friday campaign and I have to tell you, like, the turnout was really abysmal. And and people don't understand if every single person was a just a just entry-level decent human being and just said no and just did not comply, there would be no mask mandate. First of all, there is no exactly. there's no mask mandate, right? There's no mask mandate if the author of the mask mandate doesn't live by the mask mandate times 70,000 people. Okay. Exactly. No exactly. It's over. It's that was when that came out, I was like, good news. The mask mandate's over. There's no mask mandate. We're done. Um, but I, 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 it's just the, again, you guys probably know way, way better, way better than me, but they, I don't know if people are scared or they're comfortable or we have so much power who vote people right. out of office, to not show up at school, to show up and drove at, droves at school. You think they're going to call CPS on 400 parents or kids? You think they're going to kick 400 kids out? They won't have any, they won't, they can't teach no kids. I really meant to say that in my post. They can't teach zero kids. They need kids. Um, if you don't go 
Speaking of posts, how, how do people follow you, Nicole? Oh, okay. Um, facts. Well, first you have to type it all the way out and spell it right. But my Instagram handle is facts, law, truth, justice. Um, pretty shadow <laughs> band. And then you have to click that you like me and you're sure you want to follow a domestic terrorist, you know, disinformation, misinformation specialist. Um, but click yes. And then you'll get in. Um, and then I have facts, law, truth, justice two is my backup account, but, um, it's really, I just am like, I'm pissed. I'm really pissed. I'm really pissed off because I, if it's not, I'm pissed and I'm scared. I'm upset and I'm scared because I shudder to think what it's going to take to get people to say, I've had enough. I just, that, that, that terrifies me. I just don't know what, what it's going to look like. And you've got uh, over 40,000 uh, followers. So that's good news. <laughs> so there's a lot of people that are, that are reading your posts. I'm, I'm on your, I'm on your site now. I had forgotten that I'm actually following you. Well, you don't get any of my notifications because I'm shadow banned. <laughs> of <laughs> course. No, I don't. You don't go, you don't get any news. I'll go there frequently and, and share your posts. Okay, uh, there's a great one where you hold up a picture of uh, Newsom and company uh, being complete hypocrites. I love that one. Oh, yeah. So you're fired up. It's right here. So you're fired up. It's right here. I made exactly. It. I made there it, it is. So you can go to my website, factslawtruthjustice.com, on the resources tab. It's called the announcement that the state of emergency, that the mandate is over. So when you have the governor and then the mayors not showing you by their actions that there's no mask mandate, then by implication, there's no mask mandate. So you, everybody can print this out for people that don't know. I print four to a page because this is, like you said, going to take hundreds of people, not just the three of us. So you print out right. 50 of these and you give them out to 200 people because that is how that needs to work. Are you optimistic that uh, some of these court battles will work out? And ultimately, is that going to be the path that uh, we're going to end these mandates? No, I think the way that we end the mandates is when everybody gets together and says enough. That is as your lawyer, your lawyer friend, that's how this ends. This could end tomorrow, tomorrow. There is not, there are not enough officers. There are not enough principals. There are not enough board members. There are not enough CPS officers. And there are enough attorneys that will defend you that if you went to school or you went to your business and we saw this with Southwest, we saw this with, you know, Starbucks with other, not, that's not the one, but you know, Southwest airlines, the first one that comes to mind, when you get enough massive non-compliance saying, we're not going to ask for an exemption. We're not going to ask for a, you know, exception or an exemption. This is not the policy. It's illegal. It's not supported by the science. It's immoral and unethical. We will not comply with this. Get a life. It ends. That's how this is going to end. We we have one in our lawsuits. We have one in our lawsuits. We are winning in our lawsuits. There are so many things that we don't even have time to publish where we write letters and we fight a little bit and they back down off of their policies. But LAUSD was a win. Piedmont was a win. Oakland was a win. Um, we are winning, but it will end today if people get together and collectively together in unison, respectfully and powerfully say no more. We're done. Yeah, especially because the science just doesn't support these mandates. You know, if it if mass were a good thing and they actually made a difference, if there was science that said they actually prevent the spread of a viral respiratory illness, that would be one thing. But the science shows just the opposite. Yet here we are two years into the pandemic and we're doing the same thing over again. There's a question from an audience member, Nicole, that says you did some work looking into the Biederman Report of 1957. 
how is that relevant today? The Biederman Report, and again, Dr. McDonald probably knows, again, way better than I do, but the Biederman Report is is essentially, it's the way, it, are, we, are we safe on this platform? Can we say the trigger words or what's Yes, happening? we are. We're safe. Oh, it's the communist coercive methods for <laughs> eliciting individual compliance. And it's it's, I say this a lot when I present. Number one, we're at war, okay? I want everyone, I'm sorry if I'm being inflammatory, but here we go. We're at war. When you go after children, okay, and you use them as pawns, and you don't care about their health, their effect, whatever, we're at war, okay? They're coming after our kids. They're coming after us. They're using our kids. They're also coming after our kids. And if, if you understand this Biederman report, the four steps to a communist or Marxist takeover, you would understand as well. But this is the way that you isolate and you break down people to control them. And the Biederman report is from 1956. Okay, this is, has nothing to do with Donald or Joe or BLM or anything like this. This has nothing to do with the 21st century. It's from 1956. And they talk about isolation. So it's what we're talking about. Social distancing, shelter in place, um, you know, don't go to your grandma's. You're going to kill people. Don't go outside. Uh, talk about it's isolation, monopolization of perception. I'll go over these if you want. Please. Um, make you weak and, and, and make you weak so you can't push back. Threats, uh, occasional indulgences. De you demonstrate your power. You degrade the person. And then you enforce trivial demands. So if we, if we look at this 1956 theory, okay, it's um, how they won the Korean War. And they actually used these same methods, this same seven-step process in Guantanamo. I'm actually going to post it after this. If you, and it's crazy, I'm going to post it. I'll send it to you guys. In Guantanamo Bay, they used face masks on the prisoners in Guantanamo Bay. They separated them and degraded them with face masks. They isolated them. Uh, so number one, isolating them, obviously, confinement. And that's what we had here with COVID-19. Shelter in place. Don't go outside. Don't see anybody. Uh, monopolization of, of perception is just basically to bombard you and get you, just overwhelm you. Um, on the issue, on the crisis. So what is that? That's again, you're sheltering at home and 24 seven, the ticker, right? You're watching, you're just listening to the numbers up and up and up and who's dying and all the death and dismemberment. And you have the ticker going on at the bottom. And then also we have censorship, right? So they're monopolizing your perception. They're monopolizing what you see and how you perceive the crisis. Okay. Induced stability is that they basically make you sick, they make you depressed, they make you stressed, you can't even fight back. So so many people, I'm sure you guys heard it too, like, I, I can't even read anymore about it. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know about ivermectin. I don't even want to know about, I don't even care anymore. Just wake me up when it's over. They make you so depressed, isolated, anxious that you don't even want to fight back, even if you could. Then obviously they threaten, they threaten you to um, and intimidate you. So if you go out, you're going to be fined. If you go out, we're going to take your business. Um, if you keep, you know, having parties, we're going to increase the lockdown. We're going to increase this. We're going to make increased masking. So they threaten you. And then what they'll do is they'll give you a little reprieve, right? So they break you down, break you down, break you down, break you down, isolate you, terrify you you're into paralysis, into like just desperation and you don't even care anymore. And then They'll like let you out of quarantine for two weeks. They'll let you, they'll lift the mandates and they'll give you, they'll take away the masks. Like they took away the masks for like three, three weeks. And then once they do that, 
it's like the ultimate power play, then they come crushing down and take it all away from you again. And then they blame you for doing that. Um, and they blame what you've been asking for, right? What you've been righteously been asking for. And they blame the new lockdowns and the new more strict requirements on what you wanted. Um, and then they, humil- they humiliate you. It's, it's just, it's psychological warfare. It's exactly what's been going on here. And it, it, it works in conjunction with the four steps of a Marxist takeover, which is demoralization, uh, destabilization, crisis, and then return to normal. And these are these are principles that have been around for for decades. This has nothing to do with with COVID nineteen, but they're the playbooks are being used right now against us. Have you received any threats from the work that you're doing? Not that I know of, but I don't read all my messages. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> They're too busy. I, I can. Um, I don't. Um, that's not true. So the reason I started my page was because I started posting on my personal. You know, maybe in April of 2020 or whenever it was, and then when I had actually some of my closest friends uh, trolling me, very liberal left friends. One's a doctor. One's works for the New York Times. Uh, brilliant. She wrote about a best-selling novel about. Uh, digital warfare, cyber warfare, and data—the um, new like uh, the new marketplace, the digital data marketplace—that was her book. And then I was like, "Why are you pushing back on me about this? Like, this is—you wrote a book about this." And she's like, "Well, I talked to the people. I talked to the heads of Russia, and they said they would never do that." And I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like, how are you living right now? Like, you wrote a book. You wrote a New York Times bestselling book. So when when you when I confronted these people about their hypocrisy, it went bad. And then that's." That's when I started my new page. So, um, you know, I haven't, I've blocked one user, the the New York Times bestseller, but I pretty much keep my platform open and I res- I want it to be a free marketplace. I want everyone to be able to talk. Um, if you're disrespectful, that's not true. I didn't block him, but there was one guy that was like, F your mom and she should die, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I told him, I said, if you talk like that, I'm not going to let you be here. You can say whatever you want, but be respectful. But besides that, no, not that I've seen, no. Well, good. You know, Mark and I, well, we've, because we've been so uh, out front, um, that hasn't mm-hmm. been the case with us. We, we take incoming all the time, but we were really pleasantly surprised to learn that our podcast is being listened to around the world. Um, okay. and we get feedback from around the world. So knowing that, what do you, what's your message to freedom loving people around the world, not just in the United States that are listening, hearing about our battles? about the legal battles that you're fighting. What's your message to those folks? My message is twofold. Number one, thank you for standing up. Because I, you know, I've, you know, I'm Latin. My family's from South America and they were messaging at me. And they're like, what are where is America? This is you, you these are your founding principles, being able to unify and speak up. And to rally and to push back for your freedoms and to dismantle the systems that you created. These are our creations, right? Our government is our create. I mean, they're they were reciting to me my constitution, our constitution. And so I, you know, I've been embarrassed, to be honest, as an American for a long time. You know, recently we've really stepped it up. But I would say to other people in other countries, thank you, Austrians. Thank you, Australians. 
thank you, you know, uh, people, uh, you know, Italians, thank you, people in other countries who actually, the Canadians, obviously, thank you for stepping up and waking us up because there have been so many people who have been so complacent for so long. Um, that's what I would say, number one. And number two, I would say, don't ever stop. Don't ever give up. You have got to keep going. You can, we, again, we are at war. And if we give up one inch, we have already seen, we've been complacent. We've been scared. We've been on lockdown. Um, we've been too scared even to say things that might be offensive. No, you have to stick to your principles and to your values and to what you know is right and never give up. Never, 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 ever, ever, ever. Like, don't make a concession with your values and your principles and what you know it's right. I will never, ever let anybody do that again because that's how we got here. Especially for us Americans, um, there is no place for us to run. Uh, mm -hmm. We literally are the last hope on earth. If we lose freedom here, uh, freedom will fall everywhere in the world. So as the world listens and watches us, they're counting on us to do the right thing once again to defend our constitution to defend our liberties, and to defend our freedom. So, Nicole, thank you so much for joining Informed Dissent. We really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. And, and Godspeed to you as you, uh, as you keep up your battle. Thank you. And thank you guys also. Please, you don't ever give up. This is such a critical platform. So thank you for having me. You've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.